Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast and welcome to another Med Lasso episode. Delighted you are here. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. We are back with another episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space podcast, and this is a big one. We are tackling Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 8. It's the episode with the dart game. I have been looking forward to this one for a while I know my co-host, Syed Tabatabai, has been looking forward to it. And what better time than to have Ashley Bartholomew back on Explore the Space than this episode, and it is Nurses Week. So happy Nurses Week, everyone. Thank you to all of you who are nurses who hold the line every day in the hospital, the clinic, the dialysis unit, the outpatient surgery center, wherever you do your work, you are appreciated. We cannot do anything without you. Getting into Season 1, Episode 8 with Syed and Ashley, this was a blast. We actually had to pause the recording twice because we were laughing so hard. This is a really fun episode. You are going to absolutely love it. It's a great episode of Ted Lasso, and I'm really proud that this episode of Med Lasso holds up. Before we get to it, a reminder, you can find the whole archive of Med Lasso on the Explore the Space website, www.explorethespaceshow.com. So much great Med Lasso-related conversation going on on Twitter. Check out the hashtag Med Lasso. You can subscribe to Explore the Space Podcast anywhere you listen to your shows. Please do leave us a five-star rating and a review. That really helps us out. I am active on social media, of course. Twitter at ETS Show. Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And you can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. If you also haven't had a chance, please do check out the Explore the Space merchandise store. It's awesome www.explorethespaceshow.com forward slash merch. I'm a total sucker for premium merch, and I'm so happy with what's in there. Definitely have a look, and if you see something nice, grab yourself something. Once again, we are coming up to the end of Season 1, Season 1, Episode 8. The Dart Game is such a big episode of Ted Lasso. Syed, Ashley, and I had a total blast. You are going to love this, so let's get amongst it. Here we go. Syed, we're back. We're back for a pivotal episode of Med Lasso. How are you, my friend? I'm awesome. I'm so excited. It's the episode, man. This, this is the good. episode. <laughs> it's Ted Lasso season one, episode eight. It's the dart game. It's 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 so many things. But most importantly, it's the Milk Sisters. And who knew there were actually three Milk Sisters? There's me, Milk Sister number two. You're Milk Sister number two percent fat. <laughs> and the third milk sister is here, Ashley Bartholomew. Ashley, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. There's three milk sisters. We're all here <laughs> and we are not expired. <laughs> Wait, are we like different variations of milk? Or are you like oat milk, almond milk? 
cow milk. I, I, I'm going to go with 1% regular milk. Syed, what's your milk of choice? A 2%, dude. Okay. I guess I'm Ashley. whole milk. I'm whole milk. <laughs> Just wholesome as they get. Wholesome as they get. As we as we know from from associating with you on Twitter, Ashley, happy Nurses Week to you. Thank you, thank you, um, Dr. Shapiro, and um, oh my God, let's start this over, Ashley. Happy Nurses Week to you. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are sisters. I mean, come on. I mean, we're milk sisters. This is your second time on the show. It's, I mean, my gosh. This is a big one, and I, I'm I'm torn, and I'm going to lean on the both of you a little bit. Do we just go right to the dart game? Should we just jump right into the dart oh. game? Or do we need to let people wait and kind of work through some of the other? Look, it's all good stuff, but it's all peripheral to the dart game. <laughs> Syed, what do you want to do? It's tempting to jump to, but I think we should be. I think we should be discippointed because I think the dart game comes at. A, I was waiting the whole episode for the dart game, and I didn't realize, even though it's a relatively short episode, there's actually a lot of stuff in there that I'd forgotten about before I rewatched. Yeah, that's fair. No, so that's I think, valid. I think we I want to jump right in. You are saying to wait, so we're tied. Ashley, milk sister number three, you're the tiebreaker vote. What the, are you doing? the whole milk sister says we gotta wait. Because just like right, Syed, I uh, I rewatched the episode and and picked up a couple of themes that were really you know pivotal moments for the entire series. So it's it's a weird thing to have thirty minutes. It's a short episode. Syed, you mentioned this before we started recording. There are a host of them. It's easy to say the dark game is the pivotal moment, but it's for me, it's actually not. But I'll start with you, Ashley, since you called it out. What would you say from episode one, from season one, episode eight of Ted Lasso, what in this felt literally, figuratively, subjectively, emotionally pivotal? Before the dark game, the pivotal points for me was kind of the formation of the diamond dogs, where Ted... You know, he's kind of feeling a bit down. He's feeling a bit awkward because he had his first one night stand. And, um, you know, he kind of has to lean in on his buddies and be kind of vulnerable, if you will, um, and, and kind of put his ego aside. And, and I thought that was an interesting dynamic to see. I love that scene. I think lots of people love that scene. Is there something about it for you that resonates in a way that you did not expect? And that's totally loaded because I want to share mine, <laughs> obviously. Um, I think for me, I just saw where, you know, he, the diamond dogs, if you will, which, which, what we mean by that is like Coach Beard and Nate and Coach Higgins. Um, and they kind of come up with this nickname, the diamond dogs. And, I like it because it's a balance of like support, but it's not blind support because they also tell him, you know, they're all, or they also give like hard truth to Roy when he's being an idiot about Keely. And, and I liked that because don't we all need a balance of like someone who's our hype person, but also somebody that's going to set us straight when, you know, we need to be told to get our shit together. I totally agree. And there was the, the question going around, on Twitter, I think it no, it was today. You asked it. What are the great things that nurses have done for you? As it is Nurses Week, I, I was preloaded as I rewatched the episode a couple of hours ago. 
And in watching that scene, right, I went through the same. I've watched this episode, I, honestly, probably 12 times, at least. The reminiscences about, you know, hanging out with your buddies and knowing you have a tight-knit group of friends that will call you out, as you say, and you can celebrate with them. As a physician who works in a hospital setting, when you're in a room and the pressure is high, when there's people next to you who you can trust will either have the right kind of quip to lower the temperature a little bit, a creative suggestion, something you may not have thought about, a, a problem-solving mechanism based on experience, based on whatever it is, or the ability to say, th th this isn't going a very good direction. Can we, can we do something differently? It's always the nurse. It's always the nurses who do that. I've been a hospitalist for 16 years. It is, I know the ones that I've worked with both in San Diego and where I am now who I can all, when they're in the room with me, we're okay. We're going to be fine. It's too numerous to count, but that's what I was seeing watching this episode and it felt awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I did say that on Twitter today. I, I said, tell me about a time a nurse made a positive impact in your life. Um, I was trying to combat some negativity and um, just start off Nurses Week on, on kind of the right foot. I incidentally did it um, a couple of weeks ago. I asked, um, what was a time that um, I said, what is something you learned from a nurse? Mm. And so those answers were unexpected um, in, a in a great way. Um, and they're they're really interesting to see, but that dynamic you're talking about in the room, I've seen that, and I've worked in a variety of settings in outpatient, inpatient, PACU, OR, oncology, um, all sorts of things, and uh, you can you can see that dynamic in so many different settings and in so many different ways with so many different types of team members, um, and when you can tap into that, it's really it's really cool. One of the best things that you learn as a new attending, I think, is having the confidence to open yourself up to it, to say, these are my people. They're not, this is not residency. This is not whatever I may, and I'm, these are my own experiences. I'm not saying this is what it's like for everyone. When you're able to open yourself up to that experience of this cadre is here to do all of the things, right? To lighten the mood, to crack the joke, to give the good idea, to correct the error, to be respectful when you're on overnight and not wake you up at three in the morning unless they really have all those things. When you open yourself up to that, it, it really does kind of change the way you can look at your career. Syed, how about for you? Obviously, we've probably loaded the segment a little bit now, but when you think about the Diamond Dogs and then obviously you think about your nursing colleagues because you're in the hospital and you're in the office and you're in the dialysis unit, you also see the whole spectrum. What does that feel like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll echo your sentiments and Ashley's sentiments. I mean, you know, as a, as a nephrologist, without my dialysis nurses, I'm, I'm completely lost. You know, they're they're the the backbone of the structure of my day and the the treatment that I deliver. I think the show does a great job of showing you the diamond dogs in a way that's uh, they distill it down to kind of what the essence is. It's a good friend uh, friendship slash teamwork slash support. And honestly, it doesn't always work out that way, right? It's hard to force that dynamic. You, that dynamic is an organic thing that grows from trust and people you've known for a while. And I, I think I'm lucky, you and I both, uh, is that we've known people for a long period of time. And you mentioned specific nurses, you know, they're, they're definitely, and it just goes the same way for physicians, specific people that you've known for a while that you really trust and, and you, can, you can trust them to give you that feedback. Because the Diamond Dogs don't just give feedback they give a very specific kind of feedback, right? That you got to be ready to receive too. So I think that's, it's a great analogy and I think it totally fits. It's really interesting how 
I was talking about the show yesterday at a, at a Mother's Day celebration, and uh, a, a close family friend was asking because you know they're it's my sister's husband's extended family, so they'd listened to the episode with Karen. But they were asking, why did you, why is this thing Med Lasso? Why medicine and Ted Lasso? And this is it. Like, it keeps coming up. When you look at the show it, with intention, these things aren't forced. It's amazing. I mean, we've been doing this now for two years. And this hadn't occurred to me until Ashley's comment question on Twitter loaded me to when I rewatched the episode this afternoon. It's it's fascinating. Ashley, does this keep happening for you or is this as you're watching or is it just kind of is this a unique one? It does. Um and I don't want to jump to the dark scene, but um <laughs> you're I'll, the one that kept us away from it. I'll say that um that scene too. Yeah. Again, same theme. I thought, wow, that dynamic between um, you know, patient care and the just the different roles and kind of the you know it Ted Lasso can resonate with so many people across so many different spectrums in their lifespan and, and careers and stuff like that. But for medicine and, and nursing specifically, it it's interesting because this show incorporated a lot of feelings and kind of vulnerability and the self-worth and the, the struggles of insecurities and, and stuff like that, which a, a lot of people have, but you see more often when you're in a human-centered um, type of career, such as nursing, such as medicine. Um, when we're dealing with people, um, we, we see these, these types of things play out, I think, more often than, than a different career would. My eyes went wide when you said self-worth in that equation. I think we underestimate still the, uh, the ways in which and the magnitude of how we can impact our teammates feelings of self-worth to the good and to the negative. Syed, what do you think about that? I think that's true. I mean, I think, and you can just see it from your own experience, right? If you hear something positive from somebody, it's such a rush. It's such, it's so uplifting. You're like, wow, I'm really, I'm really good at what I do. Like this, this feeling I was like, why don't we get that feeling more often? You know, why don't we share this feeling with each other more often? Why is it that it's such a ray of light coming down? You know, you're you're absolutely right. We we generally don't do a good job of acknowledging it in each other and in ourselves. Ashley, for you, have you noticed acknowledging you've worked in all different parts of the hospital as a nurse, and you've worked in a lot of diff, a lot of different hospitals? Does it change? Is it uniform? Are there some places where it is better than others? Or is there progress being made as time passes? Um, that's a great question. It it's it's really interesting because um, you know, I've worked with different patient populations as well. And that also reflects typically your staff population. So your doctors and your nurses um from the local area. So, you know, a population in South Georgia at a, a small medical center, very different than the population in Wyoming versus El Paso versus tiny little hospital with 47 beds in Oklahoma, you know, in all of the other states I've lived in in between and and now. And and it's interesting because you can see that dynamic throughout um, various hospitals and various um, specialties. Um, But I think some of the struggles that we've seen with COVID and with the disruption um, of staffing and um, 
kind of our, our team ability to connect and work together and that type of thing. Um, it has ch- changed that dynamic a little bit. I don't think it's gone, but I think it is different than it was before. What is the number one thing you would like physicians to know and to do to help improve that dynamic in a longitudinal and sustainable way? Mm. I'm a brutal host. Yeah. Listen, that was- <laughs> <laughs> wow. hey, listeners can't see it, but I started laughing. I was like, that is a zero, a hundred proof question right there. <laughs> Woo. We can come back. That's a monster um, question. (laughs) So I think, you know, if we come to the table, just, you know, if you come in as a physician and you see the nurse as a colleague, as somebody there to advocate for the patient, instead of sometimes we can get wrapped up, all of us, right? Not just physicians, not not just nurses, all of us can get wrapped up in kind of the nitty gritty and the grind of it. And we get tired with, you know, kind of being pestered about things or thinking of it as being pestered. But if we change our mind frame and we continue to think, you know, when that phone goes off and it's two in the morning and I'm being called into work, that's because somebody needs surgery. Like that patient didn't want surgery. They didn't want their appendix to almost rupture. You know, if, is that, if as a physician, we think of, oh, the nurse is asking this because Truly, they have the best intention for the patient, um, you know, in, in most scenarios, right? Um, then I, I, I think that that changes a lot of the dynamic and the um, friction that we tend to see between our communication styles and, and kind of the way that medicine and healthcare is as a whole. I love that. I think that that's excellent. Syed, the same question to you. Uh, can you repeat the question? <laughs> nice, nice dodge. The question is, what would you tell physicians to try to continually improve and build the relationship between physicians and nurses in a longitudinal and sustainable way? I think uh, the key thing is to come out of that hierarchical mindset um, and and ingrain the team work mindset. I think if you're, if, like you said, if you're thinking of everybody is on the same team with the same objective, which is patient care, um, that's where the relationship building happens. It doesn't really happen in any other model of, of care. I mean, you can still build relationships in a hierarchical way, but you're not going to get that two-way flow of information. You're not going to get that trust. You're not going to get that ability to um, rely on these other people and build your quote unquote diamond dogs as, as they were. So I, th- I think the mindset is a big thing. And I think it's also just practice. I think that, you know, human beings are not the same. You're not going to be able to have the same relationships with everybody, you know, different, different fields have different, you know, demands and so on and so forth. So I think it's something that you have to develop your own kind of way of doing in your own niche and your own specialty. But I think talking about it, like we're doing now is great. I think going to, you know, events or, or talks or any sort of way you can keep interacting like we're doing now with Ashley, I think is, is a great thing. And I think we should do more of that. We don't have enough avenues for doing it. We definitely don't get it in medical school. Right. So and we don't really get in residency. So where do we get that? So exactly. So where is that? Where's that place where we're supposed to work on these things? So I think this is a good thing to work on going forward, creating those spaces. I agree. You both have given us some nice strategic ones. I'm going to give a very specific and granular one. 
it can be done in the hospital. It can be done in the clinic. It lends itself, I think, well to the hospital. That's where I practice. If possible, whenever possible, when you're rounding, round with the nurse. Have the nurse come in with you. That's part one. Part two is independent of that, but it's more effective if they're with you. Position your colleague effectively. So when you're talking with the patients and their family, as you're kind of wrapping things up, okay, here's the goals of the day. We have shared understanding. Here's the plan. Here's the things you need from me. And here's what I need from you. I'm going to reconnect at this time today or tomorrow. Ashley's your nurse. She's awesome. She's going to take great care of you today. If you need anything, let her know. She will get it to me and we'll get it solved. That's it. Takes me 10 seconds. But the confidence that that builds in that triad of patient, nurse, physician, and in the dyad of nurse and physician that we can position each other effectively. And honestly, it's a skill that's not well taught. It's one of the most effective trust and communication and effectiveness builders that I've seen. And I love it. It's, it's fantastic. So that would be mine. From there, we go to the pyramid. We're going to the pyramid because in this episode, they drew a tight shot on the pyramid of success when Roy Kent, the coach in waiting perhaps, is looking at it, remember, and he's staring at it. They do that tight shot on it. So let's go to the pyramid because we pulled from the pyramid poise. Ashley, poise. Be yourself. Don't be thrown off by events, whether good or bad. I pulled this before I knew it was nursing week. I know you were a nurse. Is it just me or is that a really, really good description of being a high quality nurse? I, that's spot on. Spot on. Spot on. Yeah. What does poise mean to you? For me, it means when I have that patient interaction, it's like you said, I can, you know, as an OR nurse, I get sometimes just a few minutes to meet with a patient before they're about to be naked, sedated, like put on, put to sleep under anesthesia, cut on in a room full of strangers. And so I have to gain that person's trust real quick to let them know I'm going to be with you the whole time. I'm going to be your advocate for, you know, when everyone else is doing their roles and they're focused in on what they need to focus in. My job is to focus and is to look at the big picture and make sure all those pieces are working in harmony. And when you can do that quickly and gracefully, I think that kind of gives the answer to what is poise in patient care. And when I can do that with my teammates and, you know, speak them up, like you just said, and give that boat of confidence to a teammate, to the patient and kind of have it as a, a communication loop, then, then I think that that just sets the table uh, as a good way to go forward. Do I always practice in a perfect way like that? No. Um, but ideally, would that be my goal? And is that kind of my intrinsic thinking and my my morals and my values absolutely that's so great i love that and i also love the acknowledgement of we're never always there these are aspirations right these are mindsets these are things that we can reference like yes i did that well or okay there's opportunities for improvement syed for you poise it's a tough question to come in third on after after you two guys because it's you again you've covered it so well i mean for me the the key thing with poise we like to think we have it and we like to think that we're working towards it, but you never really know till you get tested. Right. And that's, that's when it becomes a very conscious thing. 
to, to kind of think to yourself, take your own pulse for a second and realize that you're in a situation where you might be losing yourself a little bit. And you got to, you know, especially with COVID, especially with interactions we've had, the whole healthcare field, everybody, you know, during this time, I think it's tested all our poise. And, you know, sometimes I've done better than others. I'll admit there were times I wasn't poised. But um, it, it's a conscious thing. I don't think it's something that you either have or you don't have or you're born with or not. It's a skill that you hone and develop and uh, comes with time and experience. I think that's a great reflection, too, that it's not something you're born with. It's not intrinsic. It's a coachable, learnable, teachable skill. And it for me, too, I mean, it absolutely requires like frequent reminders, frequent mistakes. Uh, it's it, it's a very, very challenging one. Speaking of challenging, guys, we're here. I mean, I think we've waited long enough. We got to give the people what they want. It's the it's time for the dark game. The dark game. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, dun, 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 dun. So I want to approach this from... Ashley, your viewpoint. I know my viewpoint. We're going to get to Syed's viewpoint. He and I have texted about this for the last two years. The dart game is, a, it, I mean, it's it's a big scene um, for people who are fans of the show. Even if you don't like the show, it's it's wonderful cinematography. But when you think of the dart game, right, this thing that we've built up when I DM'd you and said, all right, Ashley, you're up. Episode eight, it's the dart game. What is it about this five minutes of TV that we've been talking about now for two years? For me, it was the way in which Ted kind of reached a moment of self-actualization. And he teaches to be a better person as he becomes a better person. And in that moment, we see where he advocates, if you will, for Rebecca as a human instead of an entity because she is his boss and they're friends. But up until this moment, you know, we didn't know the depth that was there with Ted. And, and I think that was striking to me with his manner in which he schooled Rupert in a way that was poised. We could stop. <laughs> oh my God. That was epic. I have not heard it described that way. I have not thought about it that way. That's brilliant. That was fabulous. Syed, you're next, dude. I'm not following that. <laughs> oh man, again, I gotta go. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. <laughs> Oh, this scene, man. I, just hearing the opening notes of the music of this scene gets me all like teary eyed. And I, I think it's um, it's different things in different moments. You know, the first time it was just so beautifully shot and it was so rousing when you hit the bullseye and the barbecue. I was like, oh, my God. But this time when I watched it, what really moved me, there's a very subtle look when he says, you know, from I was 10 till I was 16 when my dad died. And the look that Becca, Rebecca has in that moment, she kind of looks down for a second. And, you know, I think going back to the breakdown he had in Liverpool, she's seeing more and more of him as a rounded person. And she's really trying not to. I think she's really trying to, she really does not want him to succeed. And, you know, going to the end of the episode when they're like 10,000 fans are going to be there and she's okay with that to ruin their chances. She's still trying not to make him succeed, but I think it's getting harder and harder for her. And I think that beautiful little window into Ted, because to us, he's still sort of a blank slate, right? We know about his 
life. We know about where he came from a little bit, but we don't really. And this is a, I think this, this is the first mention that his dad died, right? When he was 16. This is the first time we hear this. And, uh, and then again, the be curious, not judgmental message, which, you know, that was really what hit me the first time I watched it. And it's so needed. And, you know, there is, I, I feel like I'm, I could just go on and on about this scene. It's, it's just so I know, beautiful. We, we all can, but I, I love the way you framed it around the, the part that makes you cry. I cry every time I've watched it. I'm like 20 in on this scene. Um, and I cry every time, but I cry at a different moment every time I cry when he hits the second triple 20. Because that's when what I have, what I'm hoping is going to happen, I know is now going to happen. There's the phrase, and it is an absolute platitude, kill him with kindness. I don't like platitudes. This scene, I realized that Ted is a stone cold killer. He hustled Rupert from the minute they met. He's like, if you fuck with Rebecca, I'm going to break you in front of all of these people. All right, you're fucking with Rebecca. I'm going to break you. And from the minute he op- he picked up those weak plastic darts, he knew from the minute she said double in, double out, he knew exactly how the game was going to go. He is a killer, and I love that. But I was afraid they were going to let us down. When he hit the second triple 20, that was the climax. Then we're home. The bullseye is a foregone conclusion, and everything else is gravy. I love that, like you say, he's this whole person, but he's not naive. He's not a pushover. He is a stone-cold killer. And I love that. And the way the bar erupts and the way he tells takes Rebecca to that extra level to like buy the round. I just, ugh, it's so great the way they constructed it. All of the other things you both mentioned too, but just seeing that someone can be kind and thoughtful and accountable and they can still be a stone cold killer. Those things are not in opposition. I just loved it. I think it, it really showed us the depth that he has as a character and um, as has like, actually his character, like his personality too, because we hadn't seen that before. We were, we still, at least for me, I still wasn't sure. I'm like, okay, Ted's divorced. And like, he just had a one night stand. He's not that great of a football coach, but he says some inspiring things, but like, here's the true test. And like, he nailed it. Barbecue sauce, right? Yeah, totally. You, you know, from a writing standpoint, too, I want to go back and time this scene because I have a feeling each dart throw is almost exactly at a one third point where he's going through his thing because he's so in control of everything. The moment he's got the darts in his hand and he knows they're listening to a story and then every like if he reaches each punctuation point, whew, he throws it, hits exactly what he's going for. It's just a beautifully framed thing. You know, I was sort of noticing the, the darts were coming on beats as he was talking. It was just really well done. Syed, has Ted done this before? Has he done this to a villain character at some point in his life before? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, this, you're right. The, he's a stone cold killer, man. This is, uh, this is not a routine that he just busted, busted out. A lot of people have lost a lot of games to Ted Lasso. <laughs> I think Ted Lasso's taken a few people down a few pegs <laughs> yeah. with that move, for sure. I love that he, you know, he gave the life lesson with it, too, though, right? Like oh, he, totally. He's, he, he schooled and shamed Rupert in a way that, um, you know, takes takes some time to develop those types of skills, right? Because he could have gone in like, you know, with a very different attitude, boastful, egotistical, that type of thing. But when we talk about, you know, how he, he got that, 
the diamond dogs and he had his people that he could be vulnerable with. And maybe it empowered him to, to continue to, to further that. We've talked about different types of masculinity on Med Lasso and how, right. Ted Lasso, I I think more and more, the more I've rewatched it really does implicitly and explicitly fly in the face of what we, I think know as toxic masculinity to what has been described as aspirational masculinity right? The, the cliche is he punches Rupert, right? When he says, Hey, better manners when I'm holding a dart. The cliche is he just punches him in the face. At that point, there's a bar brawl. He gets disciplined, whatever. Yep. He doesn't do that. It lasts a little longer. It's more protracted. And in the end, it's far more effective and way more satisfying. And I think that those moments in this show for me are such a good reminder of how we, who represent as men can understand our place in society and how expressions of strength can be used and how they can be really effective. Um, I I think for me, like as a woman, I saw it in a way of like, you know, overreacting. And and so sometimes if you overreact in your anger, then you're, you're upset and you take it out in a way that you, you shouldn't have, then that you've lost your chance to, to be a stone cold killer. Right. Yeah. And right. it's like it's it's poise, right? He's hit with that comment from Rupert, and that's Ted's incredible poise in that moment. And you know, you mentioned you cried. Uh I cried the very first time I, I just realized this when I was listening to Ashley. She was talking about how he shames Rupert. I cried the first time I watched this scene because I think I felt shame. Because the whole be curious, not judgmental thing, I realized that I had been looking at Ted in this kind of one-note comic way where he's just kind of this heart, you know, heart of America, Midwestern guy, and he's all so funny and everything. And then when he mentions that his dad died at a young age, I realized that I had been pretty much judgmental with Ted Lasso. Because keep in mind, the very first time we see this, we don't know all the depths of Ted. I mean, we kind of know some of it, but we don't really know how deep this river flows, right? And then uh, I think I, at that moment, felt like the message was hitting me, too. The very first time I, I watched it, I was like, man, I think I've been judgmental with the show. I think I've sort of it's lightweight, kind of fluffy comedy. It's really well written. but And then the show really, at that moment, sort of shows you its starts. And it's like, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hit you right in the bullseye in the heart. So I think that's kind of how I felt, too. Ashley, how much different would the shared platform that we all met on and I would, I think on balance, enjoy Twitter be different if more people embraced be curious, not judgmental as they approach their use of the platform. Ooh, myself included, right? Um, all of us. Uh, that was not a call out. Yeah. That's for all the members of our that, community. That's true. I think, you know, sometimes it's, it's so easy to just be judgmental and to just pop off and fire away, right? It would have been so easy. 280 characters of fire. Right? would have been so easy <laughs> for Ted to just punch Rupert in the face and that's it. Um, but we could see the bigger picture was how important it was to Rebecca and how him, like I said, treating her as a human instead of an entity. And that it that was his motivation to do so. I think if we take that into our social media lives, you know, on Twitter, on whatever other platforms people choose, and we try to at least look through it through that lens, um, it could take the edge off of some stuff, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Syed, how about for you? Do you find the mentality easier to approach or harder to approach when you're in your sort of social media life? I think social media, you know, invites the quick take, the hot take, you know, the quick reaction, which I think is a little bit opposite of what poise is all about. I think poise is all about taking that that extra beat to absorb what you're feeling and responding. So I, I think it's difficult. I think social media could definitely benefit from it. I think it would completely actually change the face of social media, I think, if, if that's what we aspire towards. And uh, I, th- I think, you know, I'd like to hope that I've been working on that a little bit. I've actually toned back my social media quite a bit. And I think it's easier to do. I think when you're really immersed in it and the heat of thin bullets are flying and stuff, it's that's hard not to get get into the heat of things and respond. But I, I think it would be a change for the better. Yeah. Speaking of changes for the better, we're done with the dart game and it's time to go in the locker room with Mark and Syed. Ashley, are you ready? Ready. All right. The first question is always the same. What is your ruling on tea? I like it. All right. <laughs> We're all right. Okay. But, but, but given that it's the dart game and we are the milk sisters three, do you take milk in your tea? Oh no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. So just to <laughs> listen, we're Americans. So we don't really drink that much tea. It's like, I don't, but we listen, the other theme in this episode was coffee. So we should talk about coffee too. And you're going to ask me the tea question, but I wanted to bring up coffee because, um, so they're all hung over at the beginning of the episode and he says, Hey, you want a coffee? Then Keely asks Roy for a coffee when he's getting a massage and he denies her. Then it brings up coffee again, like two, two more times throughout the episode. So coffee, um, I drank it for 15 years with sugar and creamer. Then I had twins and immediately switched to straight black coffee and I haven't changed back. <laughs> if you ever open your own roasting house, it'll just be called Twins Coffee. Twins Coffee. <laughs> twins Milk. Coffee. Everyone will know what it is and you will sell like crazy. Milk Sisters no. Twins Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> No milk. The one, the <laughs> one, the one, yeah, the one latte drink will be called the Milk Sisters, the Milk Sisters drink. Yep. I love it. Syed, I've, we've talked about this before, but do you, you don't drink coffee. I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't like it. I will drink it, but I'm not, I've noticed that most people who drink coffee, it's part of their routine. They, they can't drink coffee one day and not drink it. Yeah, exactly. He's they a neurologist. They have their gear for it. They have their beans. He is the it. most enigmatic but. dude. Like, if you think you know something about Syed, you're wrong. The guy, he could, if he was to, if we were to all find out that he had previously been a spy, I'd say, go, oh, fine. <laughs> I mean, that's cool, but I wouldn't be like, what? Like, oh, yeah, it fits. <laughs> Honestly, he's the most enigmatic dude. Like, little nut- <laughs> half of the fun of Med Lasso is learning more about Syed. <laughs> Oh I'm actually God. a twin. This isn't like that's why I hadn't watched the episode. My other Syed was here, so he wasn't prepped. He was covering for me. Dude, you totally got me. I was like, you got it. <laughs> God. Oh. No, I'm not. Anyway, all right. We all know my position on coffee. There is a comment made in the episode when they're talking about what they want, what Keely's going to help them do for sponsorships. And the comment is made. Rolos, and she says, "Okay, cool, sweets, candies." No, no, just Rolos. And then the comment that follows it is none of that sour patch bullshit. <laughs> After the med taste 
bracket contest like that was a hot take i was Ashley. curious if you were going to bring that up oh i mean i had to bring it up i'd never really noticed it before and there's just none of that sour patch bullshit like angela wyan's been on on med lasso like she must have been really upset with that i'll take all of the sour patch bullshit like the watermelon <laughs> sour patch bullshit like that i think that's gotten me through like a a lot of on-call shifts <laughs> the, 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 the big bag yeah then it just sits in the yeah that's fair Syed, what candy would you want to sponsor if you were going to sponsor a candy what would you sponsor what candy would i sponsor when i'm done with a hard day of dialysis rounds in the icu i reach for a pedialyte no i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no, no. That, that's what i reach for uh what do i reach for you know, you know the candy I like. It's it, for whatever reason, it's not that popular in the bracket, and I'm kind of like hesitant to mention it. But it was Snickers. Like I've always just liked Snickers, and that's my. It's my classic. Candy. It's delicious. It's, classic. Yeah. it's delicious. I just like it. Snickers will never let you down. It is what exactly it is. Exactly right. It other is what other it chocolates is. and candies hit yeah. different, but Snickers that's is right. just, it's consistent. You just consistency you, it's, is key. It, it's consistent. That's right. <laughs> Ashley, for you. They come to you with the contract. You're an influencer on social media. We want you to sponsor our candy bar. Hi, I'm Nurse Bartholomew. And after a tough nurse's week, I like to reach for a... Sour Patch Kid. <laughs> no, if, if people um, think I'm trying to get us all sponsored, you're wrong. I'm trying to get us all sponsored, for sure. If it had to be chocolate, like a candy, well, like, candy yeah. Reese, like a Reese's Cup. The Reese's mm. Cup, the classic. Yeah. Again, never let oh, you down. Oh, God. They had some of those the last time I was on service, and I, I don't, I ate a lot of them, a lot. I, I would probably go with uh, Twix. Okay. It's just again, it's classic. It, it, Left it's classic. Twix or right Twix? Both at the same time, oh. Twix. Thank you. Yeah, there's classic. no messing around. The other comment that is made about sweets is when the Diamond Dogs are meeting and they start talking about cookies and cream. Syed, what is your ruling on cookies and cream? I think it's a, I think it's a good combo. I, you know, I, I, it's hard yeah. to go wrong with that combo. <laughs> okay. Ashley. Listen, they make double stuffed Oreos for a reason. Cookies and cream. Is that is cookies legit. and cream though? That's All legit. Right. I mean, like I think of like I ice guess. cream, but like cookies and cream. That's- yeah. I didn't, I didn't think about that. That's right. Yeah. The most disappointing ice cream for me by far is always cookies and cream because it's just vanilla ice cream. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I know. That's my like hot take. When we do the med taste candy bracket, cookies and cream's going out first round, lock it in. Okay, but what about like the Hershey's white chocolate, like cookies and cream, like candy bar? Boring. Mm-hmm. You can have mine. I'll trade you. Okay. It, I'll give yeah. you a Twix. Fine. <laughs> it, that's a great trade for me. I'll do that every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Syed, have you ever sat quietly without talking for five hours? I've slept. I don't know if I've sat nope, quietly nope, without talking. <laughs> What's the longest um, you've ever sat quietly without talking while awake? Because as we um, recall, right, Beard says to Ted, like, we sat on that five-hour bus ride and you didn't say a word. I don't think. Well, I think I've taken a flight that was like five or six hours where I didn't say anything because I didn't know anyone. That's but, fair. Yeah, we don't know. But, but no okay. situation, no social situation. I can't go that long. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, how about for you? Oh, same. I mean, I've been on like flights to like Asia, same thing, yeah. right? Um, okay. Or if I'm home and there's no kids here and I'm like studying, then I've probably gone a few hours. Yeah, I guess I should have but qualified it with you have to be I'm with like, you know. Yeah, if I'm with people I know and Ashley's yeah. not talking, there's something wrong. 
because I don't ever <laughs> shut up. That's part of my problem. <laughs> so, yeah, like that would be my friend pulling me off the bus like, whoa, what is wrong? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. No, I, I, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I, I, I think I should have qualified it, but yeah, I'm the same that, you know, if we're together, we're, we're part of why we're together is we're all going to be chatting it up. Speaking of chatting it up, we've done a lot of this. So we want to let people like get on with their lives, acknowledging I want to <laughs> keep talking about this episode forever. Ashley, you reached out, God, it was a year ago to say, I want to do a, I want to do episode eight. Did we satisfy the ask? with what we've been able to accomplish today. I love it. I actually, I'm surprised it was that long ago. That's crazy to me. Time is... I know. Time it went is, fast. Time is a joke. Um, but I, uh, yeah, man, I loved that. I loved you guys' perspectives on it too. It, it's so cool. It's such a dynamic show that even yeah. re-watching it, you know, a year later um, and just picking up different pieces of it and and seeing it in different ways, it's it's so cool to me. Syed, how about for you? You and I have been building this one up since probably we watched it. Yeah, this lived up to every every uh, totally. aspiration. We've created, I, I'm going to call us a platinum posse as opposed to the Diamond Dogs. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Platinum <laughs> posse. I like it. I like it. Well, this was awesome. I, I hope, Ashley, we've been able to give you something restorative for Nursing Week, and this episode will come out during Nursing Week. But happy Nurses Week to you. Happy Nurses Week to all of the nurses out there with whom nothing happens. And I mean that we're, we, we're, we're frozen in our tracks. You all are amazing and you drive healthcare in the United States. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you for coming on. Thank you. That's so kind. Thank you for having me, um, especially probably on the episode that everybody wanted, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was high you could have sold this slot. <laughs> yeah. I definitely felt honored to, uh, to get this one. Um, it was important to me. This And so many good good things to live live by yeah. from it um and uh barbecue sauce barbecue sauce syed we yeah, did it buddy barbecue sauce to you was awesome barbecue sauce barbecue nice to meet you ashley you too syed thank you <laughs> what a treat thank you both ashley thank you syed we'll talk to you soon buddy bye mark take thanks. care bye my thanks once again to ashley for joining syed and i on this critical important vital and so fun episode of med lasso season one episode of ted lasso oh my gosh this was one of the best thank you also to Lori bedke and creighton university for sponsoring this episode learn more about creighton's executive mba and executive fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash c-h-e-e thanks to all of you for listening i know that more and more of you every time we do one of these are enjoying med lasso episodes i really appreciate it it's it's just a blast to see this community continue to grow and I am so excited about what we have to come. We are nowhere near finished. Let's just say that. Please do subscribe to Explore the Space wherever you like to listen to your shows. Please do share it with your friends and your colleagues too. It's the, it's the community that makes this happen and the word of mouth. There's nothing more effective than that. Hit me up on Twitter anytime at ETS show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And you can email me mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We'll be back soon with more great episodes of Explore the Space. And there is more Med Lasso to come. Don't forget to use hashtag MedLasso when you're coming at us on social media. We will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. 
And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com. 